is really about experimenting. I think we've used the word unprecedented on every single podcast we've done so far. Welcome to (laughs) Island Thrive, bringing you engaging conversations with Vancouver Island business and community leaders. Do you have a crystal ball? Try to make decisions as close to the action as possible. Nothing like a pandemic to really cause some self-reflection. And welcome to Island Thrive. My name is Paul Holmes, your co-host, and with me, as usual, is Dave Monahan, the president of Smart Dolphins IT. Dave, how are you today? I'm very good. Thanks, Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, when we talked about this episode, we thought, well, who's somebody that we know who's a Vancouver Island uh, business person that can really raise the energy level and get us excited about uh, the year ahead? We've come out of this tumultuous period, and we thought, Nobody better than Isabel Mercier-Turcotte. So she joins us this morning. How are you, Isabel? I am excellent, and I'm thrilled to be here with you both. Well, we're super excited to to have you. And for those who don't know Isabel, uh, she is a brand positioning strategist and business growth catalyst and co-founder and CEO of Leap Zone Strategies and host of LeapTV.com. And... uh, Really cool business. We can see, you can't see because you're listening and not watching, but we can see the very cool posters and cool office that she's working from. We, of course, have Zoom backgrounds that have nothing to do with our office because it's not nearly as interesting. (laughs) However, uh, Isabel, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Leap Zone Strategies does? Yeah, you know, what we do is we help, um, and we're very passionate about this. We, 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 Oh, we're so passionate about that. We have conversation about what I'm about to say for breakfast, dinner, lunch, and and snacks. Um, You know, what we do is we help entrepreneurs build brands and businesses that are in growth mode, that are scalable, and that actually make life better. And so if you were to look at our business, it's basically three sides to our business. There's a, a branding business within our business, there's a marketing business, and then there's a coaching part basically to our business. So uh, most of our clients, if they were to hire different teams to do what we do, they would most likely have to hire three, four, possibly even five companies. Whereas with us, you know, when we look under the hood of a company, of a brand, uh, we look at it from a branding perspective, a positioning perspective, a systems and organizations perspective, and as well as a performance perspective, meaning coaching the C-suite, the, the, the leaders, as well as the team, so that they can actually function well as an aligned unit so that they can serve more people and create more impact. And uh, I've heard you described Isabel as a no-nonsense dynamo, <laughs> including in your uh, in your in your speaking. And of course, I've heard you speak uh, at several events in the past. Um, you've been referred to as one of the most inspirational branding, marketing, and customer experience keynote speakers. Uh, how on earth did you get into speaking? And uh, um, maybe tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I stumbled upon speaking. I certainly wasn't, uh, meant, I wasn't thinking I was going to be a speaker. Now, my dad, uh, is a, was a radio, he's passed away now, but he's, was a radio talk show, show host. And my mom, uh, had a business at home, a hairdresser salon. So, you know, I did definitely inherit uh, the gift of gab. Um, however, in my work, 
um, I, suddenly I was asked to come and speak to a group, a small group about positioning and about branding. And, and then I thought, oh, I, I don't want to do that. Why, why would I do that? And then I thought, why would I not do that? This is a, this is a, a thing. Positioning and branding can actually make or kill you, right? It can make or break your business. So why wouldn't I want to communicate that more? So it started by just having couple of circles around somewhere in a small space and me talking and giving, being, answering questions. And, and then eventually it just became larger and larger and larger stages all the way to two TEDx talks now under my belt, uh, which is a whole different Oprah show, I'll have to say. But uh, yeah, now I have a variety of very popular uh, talks uh, that I give on a regular basis in large, uh, large audiences and also small, small, you know, local events. Is LeapZone targeting Canadian companies? Or are you local? Or are you international? We are definitely global. Um, we do have um, clients all over the world. I would love to uh, have opportunities to speak in Australia and in other parts of the world. I have spoken in, uh, in the U.S., I've spoken in other parts of the world, but Australia never. So that's a little something that's on my bucket list. Um, but definitely we have clients in Israel. We have, we have a, a whole set of products and services that are evergreen online. So this is also why we have clients a little all over the world. And of course, my heart is near, uh, near on the island and near Vancouver because there's amazing businesses on the island and in the, in our region that deserve to make it big, that deserve to be talked about and be helped. And uh, so, you know, as much as I love to help everybody, um, meaning no matter where they live, you know, what's what's in my backyard is super important. I, uh, I'd love to go to Australia one day as well. Uh, I, you know what, some days I feel like I'd love to go to, you know, the next town. Right. With baby steps, right? And and this is why we're so excited to have you because we know that you have this uh, really successful Vancouver Island business. And, uh, and we, that's what we do here on Island Thrive is we bring Vancouver Island business leaders on and uh, we love our Island and we've had so many great uh, leaders and they listen and, so we're, we're super excited to have you. Um, I'm going to dive a little bit into uh, strategy because that's obviously a, a, a big part of your business. And you probably have a thousand stories from the pandemic. But I wonder if you could distill that down to maybe a, a, a couple of good strategies or even maybe just one or two good strategies that people have used uh, during the pandemic that you've uh, that you've seen that have, you know, has really helped uh, businesses excel during this difficult time? Yeah. I mean, one of them in particular is more educational based marketing. You know, it is all, I have a, a talk called helpfulness is the new hustle. And I truly believe that being helpful beats hype any day. It beats anything going on in the world. And uh, the people that have been most successful have ramped up their masterclasses or their educational-based marketing for free to be helpful and to also seed particular products or services that they offer that would make a big difference for their ideal clients, right? So um, I think it's it's a question of 
a lot of people say there's a lot of noise online. Yes, there's a lot of noise online. There's a lot more businesses. And due to the pandemic, one, there's a lot more businesses that are being created, or at least uh, people that are going into self-employment because, you know, being self-employed and having a business are two different, two different things. But there's a lot more opportunities to have people help you solve your problems. The key is, how are you positioning yourself so that you don't have to scream louder so that you can actually be more helpful? So the people that have gotten outside of their little office or their fear possibly of putting themselves out there have done well because they've created trust, know, like, and trust, and they've created ways for people to learn from them. A lot more people are operating from home. A lot more people maybe in in transition right now have lost their job and are looking at what do they want to do next? What's their next chapter? So there's more problems to be solved out there. And a strategy is to one, educate people, but it's also listen. What are the problems that are at the top of mind and that are stopping your, your ideal clients or your potential ideal clients from sleeping at night so that you can actually create things and products and services and educational-based marketing to really answer those problems. Because you, we all know here that people are going to buy. A lot of people say right now, people don't have any money. Not true. Some, that's true. There's always, you know, exceptions to the rules, of course, but there is more money to be invested now in learning and in solving problems that there were a year ago. So, um, People are going to buy the people that need your solution. They will absolutely buy. The question is, will they buy you because you've created no like and trust or will they buy someone else because they've created no like and trust? I love that. I mean, we could have a whole podcast on this, on this one topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, ironically, this podcast is exactly what, what I think you're describing, at least trying to put ourselves out there and get connected community and educate people on a variety of things. So uh, I just want to say we did not... Uh, uh, prompt you to say that to promote our podcast but yeah so i think what maybe i mean i think so that's an idea i think uh people people are aware of what are what are some of the uh, main challenges what 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 do you think stops people from putting themselves out there beyond maybe just fear or maybe that's is that it well, or there's there a few things there's a yeah. few things one of them is fear for sure fear of judgment right because when you take a stand branding by the way is not a logo. It's about taking a stand for something. And when the moment you take a stand for something, well, of course, you're going to divide the room. And most people are afraid to divide the room when that's precisely what branding is about. You have to divide the room. It's either people are going to go, oh my God, where has she been all my life? Or where has this product been all my life? You don't want the gray zone, right? You want the polar opposite people that are going to be loyal and follow you to the moon or people who don't really care and won't do anything. But the middle zone is huge. So they're afraid of judgment and they're afraid of, um, yeah, being disagreed with online. And to that, I say, if you don't, and now I'm not, I'm going to, I'm about to say, if you don't piss someone off, you're not innovating. Now I'm not suggesting for you to wake up every morning with a goal of pissing people off. However, uh, the goal is if you're innovating and if you're actually doing good, then 
there's bound to be people who are going to disagree with you. So there's fear. The second part, they fear that what they have to say is pedantic. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? This happens to me all the time. I think that what I have to say, I work with small business owners. I work with large global giants. And I'm like, what could I have to bring that would help a local or global giant? The thing is, people don't always look for things that are new. They connect with you because of your perspective. So if you stand behind your perspective and you don't fear communicating the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you're actually being truthful and honest, you will automatically gather a lot of people and attract people who resonate with you. How many times have you heard something 5 million times and suddenly Jody Pizzazz says it and now you're like, oh my God, it's landed. It's about perspective. And so don't be afraid to say what you have to say, share what you have to share, because although you may think that a thousand other people have shared similar, your perspective, your lens to life, your past experiences make it that you have a unique way to communicate for people to go, oh my God, I I want me some of this. That is so great. I mean, I'm going to just, just, I'm going to get every single one of my employees to, to listen to this. Uh, this year, we've decided to double down on our thought leadership, we call it. And, you know, we've got a bunch of techs here, right? Little, little dirty little introverts, yeah. right? And, and and this is exactly what I'm sort of trying to say to them, maybe not quite as well, certainly not, not as well. But, um, you know, people want to know us, right? It's not necessarily just what we know, but who we are. And uh, I, I just love that. It's great. When we had um, 22 employees in our early 20s in one room in Gastown, um, what we did to get people's opinions and get people to really take part of building our culture, because it's not about Isabel and Margarita building a culture. It's about Isabel and Margarita's core values that are in alignment with a bunch of other people who believe in what we believe and have them participate in building that culture. So we had our brand foundation, vision, mission, um, purpose, core values, all in separate little pieces of paper into a, a, a propeller hat. At the time, it was a propeller hat. And so every huddle, every day, we would pick one of those pieces of paper and we had to talk about how we are being that how we are not being that and educating our team. So it wasn't just Isabel's role to educate the team. It was everybody's role to educate the team. And that has created a culture where there was one moment where we had to let go of a client that represented 75% of a revenue. And let me tell you, that was a big decision. It was very scary. I spent countless nights stressed and not sleeping and crying. And I didn't know how to best, I wanted to get rid of this client, but I didn't want to have to get rid of my team. Right. So, but at some point, one of my employees in picking a core value, the core value that they, that we picked that day was fun. And then his name was Leo Kwan. I will never forget this amazing employee. She said, I just want to know based on our core values, why is it that we're still working with this client? Because they violate five of our seven core values. And my first thought was, I was a proud mama because I thought, look at the culture that I'm building. A culture where people speak up, a culture where people don't are not afraid to, to 
disagree with me or challenge me. And, and then I said, because your leader is a bit of a chicken shit. And that's why. And, and then we talked about that. And then literally two months later, not only, not only had we tried to elevate this client, we had given them an ultimatum and they did not meet the quota. Therefore, we let them go. They did not know we were going to let them go because they knew how big they were for us. They underestimated the guts that now I had found again. <laughs> and within a few days, we had replaced this client by an amazing client that we would never even have seen as an opportunity because of the other client that took all of our time and our effort and our, and our stress and everything, right? So that kind of derived the conversation a little bit, but I thought that this could be helpful to add. Absolutely. I love, I love it. We're, uh, we're big fans of that culture and core values and the idea of pulling one out of the hat. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that too. This is, this yeah. is great. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to the, the hat, Dave. Maybe we could get like a different person to bring a different hat in each week. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There, there is really a lot of opportunity cost in dealing with, um, you know, the big clients, the, the the overly demanding client, and that's quite that's quite an incredible story, Isabel. I know a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of businesses, you know, they have the giant. And uh, they want to do everything they possibly can to serve the giant. And they've oftentimes then gone out and done things, you know, that are different than what they do for other people or, you know, and you see strains on the relationship because things aren't happening the way that they're happening with everyone else. And, you know, it's, it's just such a common story, isn't it? And, uh, and I think I, I salute you for having the guts to, to be able to, to deal with it in the way that you had. And, and I know that, you know, that's a huge challenge. Um, you know, other than just sheer will, it, was it, is there any other strategies around dealing with, you know, the, the 800 pound gorilla that is, is, is dragging your business down and you're kind of a, too fearful to let them go? Yeah. You know, first, the one thing that we did first before letting them go is to give them a chance, right. Is to actually go, Hey, listen, this is, you're not getting the best of our team because you're, you're forcing us basically to operate this way or this way. And this is not how I did not start my own business to be a slave to another business. I mean, that would be the complete opposite of being self-employed and having your own thing. So, um, it, we got really clear about what we were willing to live with and what we were not willing to live with and operate with. And then we communicated that with them and we gave them a period of time to actually rise to the equation. We felt like, not imposing, but we felt like uh, having them, helping them operate more the way we operate was not going to be just good for us. It was also going to be extremely good for them. But, you know, big mammoths sometimes are just stuck in their ways and that's what it is, you know. Um, And so we gave them an opportunity to rise. They did not take it. Therefore, we had to follow through. If I had not followed through, um, I would have, I would have completely gotten rid of a lot of trust within my culture, the culture that I'm creating. And as well, it would have sent an even more, um, signal to this client that they can own me even more. Right. So first elevate, give them a chance to let, make it clear that if this and this and this doesn't get better within a two month period or a month period or whatever period you feel appropriate for your organization, then we're going to have to part ways. In which case they know, they knew 
they were like, well, we didn't actually rise. So, but what they did not expect is for us to follow through. <laughs> this sounds a lot like parenting advice, to be honest. It really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. You can't fire your kids. You can't, you can't, but you can, you can create consequences and then, yeah. and then, and then, uh, and then actually deliver on those consequences. And uh, you do that once they're going to take you seriously the next time, aren't they? Yeah, because there's a trade-offs for every decision, right? Even if it's an amazing decision, I traded off a ton of freedom from going from a 700 square foot paid off condo in in Vancouver to a 5.5 acre equestrian estate with a, with a retreat center for entrepreneurs here on the island. Was it a, a fat, a fantastic decision for us? Yes. Was there major trade-offs? You better believe it. There was right. But it's which trade-offs are you most willing to, to live with? And at Leap Zone, we call those shit sandwiches. And so there's shit sandwiches everywhere. Which one are you okay to eat and which one are you not okay to eat, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to circle back a little bit to your educate and listen advice because I think that's so brilliant. And you had mentioned uh, earlier that th- this idea around educating, you know, obviously people are scared to go out there. And I think that's fairly obvious. But the pedantic nature of, of of things that really caught my attention. And working in IT, it's hilarious, right? Because we have a baseline knowledge as just an ordinary IT worker has a baseline knowledge that most people don't have, and we we don't think about that. We think, you know, well, everybody knows this, everybody knows that, right? And I think that's so true in almost every industry, right? And we bring on these speakers to this podcast, for example, and they talk about their business. And Dave and I just learn all sorts of new things about their business that to them, it's just an ordinary day. Well, everybody knows how, you know, um, commercial mortgages work, right? And so, no, no, people really don't. (laughs) And so, In fact, to add to that, I have a perfect example that I have missed a massive opportunity at the beginning of COVID myself. Why? Because I've been working virtually for over 15 years. So for over 15 years, I've been using these tools like Zoom. Of course, 15 years ago, Zoom didn't exist, but you know, tools like Zoom. My team is from all over the world. I have tools on my phone to communicate with my team like they're in my office, even though they're not. So to me, it is business as usual. So for that portion, not for every portion of my business. Of course, having a a retreat center that has had to close, of course, I've had to, I've felt it in different ways. But had I not assumed that most people know this information, I could have within three weeks created an online program about how to set yourself up. And the people who know, love and trust LeapZone would have chosen to learn from LeapZone rather than to learn from someone else. That was precisely because I did not realize that that was not the norm for most people. It's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what we did. We because uh, we started doing all of our training that we were doing in person and started doing that online. And uh, and it, we kind of had this conversation internally. Like, do people really know how to use Zoom? Well, I don't know. Right. And we were already doing Teams training even at that point, uh, which is Microsoft's um, hub. Right. You're probably familiar with that. But um you know, so we so we thought so I put together a little presentation on how to set up a a, a Zoom meeting and how to use it. And uh, we had 
like over a hundred people show up to a webinar on that. So I was really surprised. And of course, you know, I'm sitting there going during the presentation going, Oh God, this is going to be pretty boring. People probably already know all this stuff. And at the end, people are like, Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much. You answered so many of my questions. And, you know, and I, I think to myself, like, this is just stuff that I, you know, and I, similar to you, I've been using zoom for many years. Right. And uh, so I just kind of go, you know, everybody knows how to use this, right? Everybody, everybody's doing this and just not yeah. true, right? And if you look at, if we take a different analogy for this, let's take a brain surgeon, for example, right? Imagine if brain surgeons were like, eh, you know what, everybody knows this. That's ridiculous. I mean, we don't, I don't need to teach this. Right? Would that, how ridiculous would that be? Well, that is the same for every subject in the world, right? Unless it's a subject that is, um, so 1971, where, you know, it's not even in use, nobody ever needs it, then that's obviously not something that you want to talk about, unless you have an amazing spin to it that would now be current and help businesses or people impact their lives. But unless, unless it's an old something that you never need anymore, that it's not the case for anyone, not even you, not even you, not even you, not even anybody listening here today. <laughs> this is great. Actually, this year, we're, we're trying to do a lot more video, uh, just putting out, you know, we have great conversations with our clients, sort of tucked in a quiet little office. Why not sort of share the essence of those via video? So we're doing, doing a bunch of that. I was actually struggling yesterday, had a little bit of video block and you know, writer's block. Um, because I don't want to be part of the noise, right? There's like we mentioned earlier, there's, there is a lot of noise out there. So how do we, yeah, how does, how do we find the difference between, uh, what you're just saying, like, you know, putting, putting ourselves out there and being confident while also not just, just creating noise. So that is, that is a positioning question. So that is all in the positioning. And so if you say, Hey, do you want to be, do you want to subscribe to my newsletter? versus, hey, do you want free advice? So this is a very simple example here. Who wants to be yet on another newsletter list? Nobody. But who wants intelligent and free advice from people? Many people. So it's in the tantalizing of your titles. It's in the, um, here's what you want to hear from your clients. I hear this a lot. Isabella, it feels like you bugged my house. <laughs> I feel that way about Facebook. <laughs> it's not going there. I feel that way about uh, Google. And <laughs> whoops. Um, so, but but when you hear this from clients, right? Oh my God, you're live. You're live today. It felt like you bugged my house. Meaning, it feels like you're speaking directly to me. And that is the key here: is to find ways to communicate a title a subject, a way that something that you want to talk about in a way that people are going to go, wait, what, wait a minute, back up the bus. I want to, I want to know more about this. And people tend to want to be creative with titles and, you know, no, be relevant, be resonating and say, like, if, if I'm a, I'm a small business owner, if I saw something that said three massive mistakes that most small, most smart small business owners make and how to fix it. Now, what does that do? It says there are three mistakes that most people make in business. 
And even if they're smart, I consider myself a small business person. Hmm, I wonder if I make these mistakes. See, what happens in the title is there's the what, there's the danger that I want to know if I'm participating in this danger. And there's also an egoic label that gets me to recognize that you're speaking to me, right? So egoic labels can be new mother, vegan yogis. Those are egoic labels. And when you say that, that's the equivalent to you going in a room and going, Hey people, Hey people, and nobody really listening. And then you go, Hey, all the Johns in this room, please come to the stage. Suddenly it's like, what, what did I hear my name? Where, where do I need to go? The stage? Oh, I'm there. Suddenly there's a bunch of Johns on stage, right? So it's about positioning. And, you know, as a kid, I did not really like my mom as a kid, I loved my mom, but my mom was a position everything to me, Isabel. Whatever you want, you need to position it to me. If I wanted to do gymnastics and ice skating and something else, I had to come to her with a chart, with a chart board and post-its. And I had to actually give her, give her a pitch of why I want this instead of that, why she should pay for half of this with me, why... And I did not like this when I was a kid because Genevieve, one of my friends, you know, all she had to do was to go to her mom and say, I want some skates. And she had skates. By the time I earned my skates, they were sometimes out of style. Why? Because I had to participate in this whole, in this whole getting my skates. But today I can pretty much position anything to anyone with the right reasons. And I'm so grateful for her, for her way that she educated me for that. She, I was educated. I was uh, born in a hairdresser salon. Well, not physically born, but raised. And I was born at the hospital, but uh, raised in a hairdresser salon where I heard my mom position services, colors, products to clients every day. And she wanted me to understand what it feels like to propose something that is yours. See, it's easy to work, easier to work for someone else's business, easier to promote someone else's products. The hardest business model on the planet is when you are your own boss and you're selling not a product, but a service. And the service is tied to your genius. That is the hardest thing to sell because then the fear of, the the fear of, um, what's the, uh, 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 what's the term when people say, who am I to actually teach this? There's a term. Yeah, well, there's a term like when you actually go, you know, who am I to do this? Um, anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, most listeners are like, they're all screaming the term right now because they know, right? <laughs> but so what that does is when you practice positioning your offerings, whether it's a dollar offering or a hundred thousand dollar offering, by the way, the harder the the larger the amount of dollars it is to fix a problem, the bigger the problem needs to be. And the more, the more at, uh, on the surface, the problem needs to be for your ideal clients, right? When you know how to position something and name something in a way that is tantalizing and people are like, oh my God, she's talking to me. I want to know more about that. Then it doesn't become about you being one more thing on the noise. It becomes about cutting the noise as opposed to adding to the noise. And that goes back to the dividing the room as I as we talked earlier. 
And now you've got my head into that term because I can't remember what the heck it is, but it's right on the tip of my tongue. Maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll, we'll grab it. Um, yeah, it's it's the um, the fear of... Uh, something syndrome. It's, imposter syndrome. It's, yeah, imposter you. syndrome. Woo! Yeah, imposter syndrome. So we have imposter <laughs> syndrome, right? The best of the world have imposter syndrome. It's so syndrome. true. Yeah. Yeah. But when you know how to position something in a way that people go, my God, that makes so much sense. Like at Leap Zone, we have our X factor. What makes us different is, is our methodology. So we have a particular unique proprietary methodology. Everybody has a framework. Everybody has a system, but nobody really knows that they have one or they haven't named it. We went through an exercise to actually go, our methodology is the leap zone trifecta, positioning, personality, performance. Within these three pivotal uh, um, pillars, there are eight key areas for growth. And if a business is suffering in any of the, of these and most are suffering in all eight key areas for growth, then the more the difficulty to grow, the difficulty to operate even is, is the highest. So instead of just saying we're good coaches and you know we have lots of experience, we put this infographic in front of people and we explain our methodology. We explain what we do, why we do it that way, why, how it's bringing results, and that we address the all these points from money and KPI, mindset and inner game, uh, sales and marketing, systems and, and procedures, right? Systems and organization, time management. Those are all parts of our methodologies. You've heard of time management. I don't own time management, but my equation is unique to Leap Zone. So instead of just having to talk about how amazing we are, which of course, of course, we're, we're never going to say we're not amazing. We're, of course, you know, we, we're going to say we're amazing. It's about other people saying how amazing we are because of the transformations we've helped them, them do or create. But it's also by having an intelligent way, a smart way of explaining what we do in a way that gets people to go, you had me at this, right? And usually that's part of the X factor. And the X factor is a tipping point when people love, trust you, and, and really want to learn from you. When you bring them your differentiator, the key difference that make you different from anybody else who do what, what you do. And by the way, you think you do things differently than others because you know what you do and you know what John does. And you're like, oh, I'm so much better than John. However, from a non-trained customer mind, you know, if they're looking for an IT service company and they have three in front of them and they all seem very similar to them, then of course the decision will be based on price. And the last thing you want is to have you be decision, be the client, your client decision on price. That's the bottom of the barrel. What you want them is to decide on the best fit, the most value, the most resonating methodology or system. And when you have that, which is part of positioning, then you can't lose. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. You can't lose. So the cure to imposter syndrome is not just being a smart person that knows all your stuff, but developing good processes and being able to communicate those good processes. Yes, and it, it, it really helps. Like there are still times that even though I have all of this, there are still moments that I feel um, intimidated by a specific company that's in front of me. But what I have to remember is 
If it's an engineering company, they're great at engineering. They're not great at creating systems and processes and cultures and, 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 you know, a brand that people are going to want to brag about. That's not their genius. That's my genius. Right. So, but yes, you're absolutely right, Paul. When you have the way to communicate and you have something intelligent that people can actually see the difference between your company and someone else's company, then it doesn't solely become about price. And this is, all, all of that we teach in our Build to Rock program, literally. And a lot of people have asked me why I created this program. And I, I, won't, I won't go too much into it by no means, but it's an online program. And I created this for small business owners because they don't have the money and the means to hire high-end consultants to actually get this for them. And I felt like the small business community was completely underserved and what was available to them was crap. And so it took me nine months to build this program. It's been voted one of the best uh, branding and business building program by BC Business. Um, and it's my passion to make it simple, make it fun for small business owners to actually have the same tools and the same strategies as big businesses have just, you know, ran on a different runway. I, you know? I love that. That's That's awesome. I think what you're speaking to is really the difference between a business and a uh, glorified job, right? I mean, if you're just putting yourself out there as uh, um, an accountant, right? For lack of a better idea or example, uh, you're just another accountant. Whereas if you if you build that that unique uh, proposition, right, that unique process, and and position yourself differently, then then you are one one of a kind. Not only are you one of a kind, but then it allows you to even even if you don't think you may want to sell one day, even if you think you might just want to have be self-employed for the rest of your life. The previous business we had was a, a branding agency, solely uh, branding and creative studio. And we didn't build it to sell it. We built it. We thought we were going to be in love with this for the rest of our life with that same equation. And at some point we had been there, done that. And we just didn't feel like tweaking it anymore. We just wanted to let that go and start something new. And instead of dismantling it, we were able to sell it because we created it with ways and processes in a system that was scalable and duplicatable that others could use rather than just me, myself, and my brain and my genius. Isabel, um, you, you mentioned earlier around building trust and uh, the, the importance of educating. And uh, and we, we talked about that a little bit. We delved a little bit into uh, positioning, which is great. And I think that I think that's that's hugely important, especially right now. Uh, you also mentioned, though, you had two points. The other point was listening, and i I thought uh, I thought I'd circle back to that and get you to elaborate a little bit more. What what exactly do you mean when businesses need to listen? And uh, maybe you've got a couple of strategies that you could share with the audience today. Yeah, totally. You know, um, a lot of clients ask me. Help me create a product. What product could I create? What new service can I create? And my answer is always, what do your clients need? Right? Because you could create all the products in the world that you want, but if they're not needed, and if, if the problem isn't to the surface for them, then you're going to create a bunch of things that are never going to sell. Right? So um, listening is about asking your clients, what are their biggest issues? We're actually, uh, my team and I are creating a new way of presenting information 
a different way of presenting information for chamber of commerce or or small uh, networking events. Well, we're starting with those for now. But what we want is we want to go in with a theme, a very clear theme that I'm going to talk about for 15 minutes about. And then, but the price of admission to come to this speaking gig or event is that they're going to fill a small questionnaire and there's going to be three pivotal questions. One of them will be, what is the biggest issue you're facing right now? Right. And then I'm going to talk about mindset and depending on what the subject is about. And then the rest of the hour is going to be people getting coaching, right? Asking their questions. I already have them. So if they're shy to ask a question, doesn't matter. I have the question. So that, why are we doing that? Precisely for the subject we're on right now, because I want to know what is going on right now in on the island, off the island, in small business world. What are they struggling with? So that I can figure out one, how to help them immediately in that particular talk, but also what is the next piece that I want to create to be helpful and to be um, current with what I'm creating, right? So our brand is about making life better. So I don't just want to talk like on a webinar on a brick wall while people are just listening for an hour. I actually want to say, here's a 15 minute bit of subject. And now let's answer some of your questions. Let's get some free coaching here. Let's get you moving the needle forward in a positive, in a positive way. So, you know, uh, the universe, God, what, whatever you believe in has given us two ears and one mouth. And we do a lot more talking than listening. I have to say me included, by the way, what I say here, I'm not above any of this. I work at this constantly. Yeah. This is very prevalent in, in the IT industry. I think we're very um, focused on, you know, we know, we know IT and we know, uh, so we get very product focused opposed to customer focused. You know, we've struggled with this, with this at Smart Dolphins at times. And, and uh, it is, a, it is a, it is a different skill. You've got to, you've got to really set out to, to, to do it. So um, yeah, again, any, any advice for people that sort of have that, that mindset or habit? Just go onto a Facebook live and ask your clients, just hold them, do go do a little Google form, send it to all of your clients and prospects. Just say, Hey, we're wanting to know what's more, what's most, uh, on the surface for you. Um, also people, you know, people talk about social media a lot and they, they talk about how important social media is and it is, but what's important in social media is uh, we're just dealing with this with a, with a larger organization that we're working with right now. They want to post, 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 post. And people are starting to engage on these posts, but there's nobody engaging in the engagement. See, social media is about being social. It's not about selling and promoting. It's about being social. It's about answering questions. It's about being of value. And in fact, there's a company in 2009, the big crash of 2009, uh, there's a pool, like a swimming pool company who was about to go down. Because as you can imagine, if you can't put food on your table, you're not going to buy a swimming pool for your backyard. Um, but what they did is they went, you know what, if we're to go down, we're going we're gonna to go down helping people. So what they did is they gathered all the questions that they've ever been asked in working and installing pools and in, in you know, talking to prospects. And they created a blog. And this was many, many years ago, 2009, right? They created a blog and all they did was every week create a blog post answering a question. And not only did they survive, they are now the most, the, the, mo the fastest growing 
swimming pool company in North America because they were helpful. They listened. They asked, they answer questions. Answering questions, that means you're listening, right? So if anything, don't even poll your clients. Just go from past three years experience or year experience. What are the questions you're getting the most? And then just every week, come online and answer these questions. And then you're going to create more uh, engagement and more interest than you've ever thought possible. Isabel, I wish I could bottle up your energy and just take a dose every every morning. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is me being super calm and. <laughs> I um I I definitely uh, feel like then this has been fantastic. I I feel like we should pivot a little bit here and just talk about uh, where we've come from. I was originally going to ask, you know, what are some good strategies that companies have been using during the, the pandemic? And I, I feel like that almost doesn't matter now because we're we're kind of on the, I, I mean, we're certainly more than halfway through. We're sort of, we, we need to start thinking ahead, I think, to what happens after. And this, it might be a long road back to normality, but, uh, but I feel like, um, you know, people should start down that road if they haven't already. And I wonder if you have any particular advice uh, for companies as they maybe they've kind of hunkered down, maybe they've scaled back. Uh, what's a good um, sort of general um, advice for business owners as they as they try to sort of build back uh, towards whatever the new normal looks like in your opinion? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the principle that we that has brought us to where we are today is one to treat ourselves like a million dollar client. And what I mean by that is. And, and this is going to link in a variety of different ways in a moment. But, you know, we, we're always so easy to drop our own business and what we need to do for ourselves to help others. And so to alleviate that, we consider LeapZone one of the biggest clients of LeapZone. Therefore, LeapZone is, our, is on, on our production board. We, like I would help a client every week, I help LeapZone every week. So every week we have meetings to discuss what is our next step? What do we need to stop doing? What do we need to start doing? What do we need to elevate, right? Stop, start, step up. Um, but we invest time for our business on our business weekly. And that is something that most people don't do. And it's the one thing that they should absolutely do. So that's is treat your own business and your own self like a million dollar client. The other part is to utilize, utilize is another word, leverage, is to leverage your loyal fans for anything that you need. GoPro does this really well. Um, you know, they actually leverage all their videos online. They're not done by them. They're done by their, their biggest fans and biggest ambassadors. So like a child, like it takes a village to raise a child, I think it takes the community to uh, grow an amazing business. And by, and that doesn't cost anything, right? It doesn't cost anything to connect with your clients and prospects and ask them to participate in giving a review, in talking about a transformation that you've helped them create, um, a before and after, a case study, um, have them do little, I, I get my haircut and I, I love my hairdresser. You know, I do a photo with a, a, a a page that I wrote, I love my hair, cutting rooms, creative Nanaimo, right? And I just take a picture and, and post it. So that is me being 
an ambassador for them. So it's about utilizing ways that don't cost anything, but add a lot of value. So in my presentation called Helpfulness is the New Hustle, I talk about the threesome of awesome. And one of them is out-teach. You cannot beat a McDonald's. You cannot beat the, the budget that they have to promote themselves and the noise that they create. You can't beat them. But what you can do is you can play on a different runway. So if you out-teach yourself and out-teach your competitors, then I talk about outwitting. And then, of course, I give examples of out-teaching and outwitting. Um, it's all about acts of kindness, acts of uh, teaching, acts of being of service, uh, and acts of brilliance. So think about ways that you can create a ripple without it costing you anything. And where where my upbringing and my education I, you know, I was in school at Concordia University in set design and special effects for movies and theater. And, and you know what? They give you $5 to create a set that's got to be a traveling set that has to be all of this in a bag of chips. And they give you five bucks for it. I thought that sucked at the time. Now today I'm like, brilliant. Thank you. Because it's, it's allowed me to find ways that don't cost anything. And when we work with our clients, they, they pay a tuition to work with us. So our role is to find ways for them to work and promote and do what they need to do for free so that they don't add to their tuition of working with us, right? So find ways to involve your biggest um, advocates, uh, advocate and ambassadors so that they can actually play the game with you. I think one of the things there is working it into your regular process, right? You, you, um, you know, we have <clears throat> client meetings and, and, you know, if that goes well and people are positive, ask, just simply asking for a referral, right, is, is an easy way or, a re, you know, reference or testimonial perhaps. So, so, I mean, those are simple examples of what you're, I think what you're saying. And Dave, when I'm going to, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. When is the best time to ask for a referral? Uh, every time? No, Pro probably when they're happiest, right? I mean, I, I would think. At the very beginning. Oh, right. Yeah. Most people think they need to, and, and you're right, many times is a great answer. I cannot beat that. Um, and yet most people think I'll wait until we've done a transformation with them to ask for referrals. Mm -mm. Ask them when they're excited at the very beginning. At the very beginning, that's when you have to start asking for referrals. Even, even when I promote a webinar, I'll promote a webinar, they'll register. The first email that they get is, hey, thanks for registering. Here's, here are three and a half reasons to show up. And hey, by the way, forward this to someone that you know. Let Help me spread the word, right? So that there's more people who find out about that. So, you know, asking for referrals, asking for testimonials. I often will do a little video testimonial with them. I will have my base questions that I ask. I will interview them and I position it where not only is it good for me because they're going to talk about how great we've been at helping them, but it's also good for them because it's allowing me to promote them to my community. So I don't position it as, hey, do you want to do a testimonial with me? I say, I have a great opportunity for me to actually promote you and highlight you in my community. Do you want, are you interested in having that conversation? Again, it's all in the positioning. It really does go back to that. And, and when you can find those win-win situations, uh, it's just so great because, you know, they they benefit, 
your your business benefits everybody if, if everybody wins why wouldn't you just go ahead and do it right so that's i, I love that that's brilliant um we're getting very close to an hour so thank i do want to thank you again for joining us isabel and we've we had a big long list of questions we haven't gotten to so we will have to have you back at some point again in the future uh, but we uh, have a business you know a six parts uh help, <laughs> help business i'm totally totally game for that um I, I thought we'd maybe close with um, some, if if you had to sort of summary, you know, in summary, uh, give some advice or some share some wisdom, uh, you know, maybe some encouragement for for business owners that are out there that are listening, um, you know, in terms of uh, moving forward from where we are today. Uh, what would you What would you say to them? First, I would restate to literally treat yourself as a million dollar client, right? As your best client, because that will give you, it'll force you to invest time working on your own processes, your own innovations and, and things that you want to create for your ideal clients. So that would be one of them for sure. I would also say, don't ever forget that what you have to say, assuming that you don't want to be like someone else, right? Assuming that you are yourself and that you want to communicate your point of view, know that people will buy. They will buy. And chances are they will buy things that are more expensive than what you're offering them at the moment. And that I've seen it a million times over. So do not be afraid to put yourself out there. Do not be afraid to make offers. To act. Why? Because if, here's the thing, if you feel like you're the best person to help this particular person or company with what their problems are, and if you feel like they're better served with you than anyone else, then if you don't position your offer intelligently in a way that they say, yes, you are doing them and you a disfavor. So Think of it as you're doing them a disfavor. That way, it's not about you, right? That way, we remove you from the equation. And then the, the fear of being an imposter and all that kind of, kind of goes away. The other thing I would say is in life, and this is to borrow uh, Greg McCowan's uh, language, um, in life, there are vital fews and there are lots of trivial manys. And we get stuck in a sea of trivial many. Uh, what we think are priorities are often trivial many. And so the key is to really figure out where do you want to go and reverse engineer and go, what do I need to do? What's important for me to do today to get to my destination faster and better? And don't let other people's monkeys, right? When people give you a lot of things and a lot of urgencies, that's their stuff. You know, I'm very clear with my schedule and my time and I say no more than I say yes. And that does not mean I'm not generous. I'm, I'm extremely generous, but I'm also extremely clear with what's going to help and what's not going to help and extremely clear with what my vital fuse are versus my trivial many. So the, the faster you are able to figure out what the true priorities are and what the trade-offs are from making decisions. And I talk about that in our, in one of our program called Mindset Mastery Code. It's all about the mindset of organizing yourself and your team to win. Um, so treat yourself like an, like an ideal client. Understand that there's only a few things that really matter and say no to a whole bunch of other things so that you have more time and energy for what you do want. And then don't be afraid to 
communicate and share your genius because a lot of people don't know about, about it. They need it and they will end up buying what you're offering from someone else if you're not most helpful and, and most communicative about it. So, so I'm a bit of a, a business book nerd, chunky. Uh, so I, I hear, heard a couple things. Uh, one thing from Essentialism, which is great. I'm a big, big fan of that book. Uh, do you, do you have a, a book list of book recommendations? A few books that you would you would suggest people? Yeah, totally. It's called Rework. Rework from the owners of Thirty Seven Signals, uh, a tech uh, tool, tech like Basecamp the owner of Basecamp and all that. Rework is a fantastic book. Each chapter is a page or two and it is so potent. I love, I, in fact, I'm envious. I wish I would have written that book. It's one like of Jason, those. Jason Freed? Correct. Thank you. Yes. The other one is uh, Unfuck Yourself. I apologize for the language, but uh, it fits right in with Isabel's language. Unfuck Yourself. It says, get out of your head and into your life. Uh, it's a great book to really, help you uh, figure something out for yourself. And of course, you can apply that to business. And one of my coaches, uh, his book is called Your Oxygen Mask First. It's by Kevin Lawrence. And it's 17 Habits to Help High Achievers Survive and Thrive in Leadership and in Life. Those are awesome. And there's plenty of other books. E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber. Um, And by the way- Yeah, right? (laughs) It's amazing. It's an amazing book. And I, I was fortunate to be able to uh, interview Michael E. Gerber as a result of a connection on LinkedIn. And I just said to my connection on LinkedIn, Hey, I see that you have Michael E. Gerber in your connections. Can you connect me with him? And I ended up with Michael E. Gerber's cell phone number, um, because he, you know, connected with me through. So for, for those of you who are skeptical about social media, the very minimum, you know, connecting with the people that you want to connect. I interviewed him twice and I'm really great friend with his wife now as a result of, you know, our similarities in business. But what's the cell phone number? Uh, <laughs> 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 that all remain on. Uh, <laughs> Dave, have you read those three that she mentioned before? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I, I figured great. so. I haven't, I, I haven't read any of those three, Isabel. I, I read the, the E-Myth Revisited, oh man, probably 15 years ago now. But yeah, it's, uh, a classic. Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great read. It's, you know, all about getting your head out of your, out of your, um, behind out of your business and and working on your business <laughs> instead of in your business. And, oh man, that, that was yeah. great. Um, th- this, I, I feel like we could go on forever, but we probably should let you go. Um, you know, it's been, uh, you know, you have been very generous with your time and we really appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure our audience will as well. You know, we live in a, you know, I, I love your bit at the end there about the the service. Um, thinking of service not as a not as a not, you're not trying to sell something to somebody that they, you don't think they they need. And you know, I think about this a lot because we live in such a complicated world, and people people are are willing to pay for good quality products. But I think so often people are willing to pay for the great service as well because um, you know you need help trying to navigate everything right and if they if they have that trust and they know that you're the one that's going to help them with that um you know then that's that's huge so thank you so much for that incredible message today and um we really appreciate you being on i uh i did want to say as well um how can people get a hold of you what's the best way for them to engage with you and and to engage with leap zone 
Uh, well, leapzonestrategies.com is our website. And on there, Leap TV is all in there as well. I've got uh, an area. This is all free, by the way. There's a, a tutorial area called Leap Tools. There's a good 50, 60 tutorials around a bunch of different things related to branding, positioning, and business. Uh, Leap TV is a, a show that actually is super entertaining and fun and, and educational uh, to help small business owners really thrive in business and in branding. And of course, we've got our... Um, on social media, Isabel Mercier Turcotte. Try not to find me. I mean, it's, I'm hard not to, I'm hard to not find for sure. Uh, but we also have build with a D build to rock.com, which is our um, positioning and business growth programs that I was talking about uh, earlier. Well, Isabel Mercier Turcotte, brand positioning strategist and business growth catalyst. Thank you so much for being with us today on, on this show. And, uh, we uh, hope you'll be able to join us again in the future and we can pick up on all the points we haven't uh, covered and uh, and we wish you nothing but the very best for, for your business uh, here on Vancouver Island. And uh, thanks for being part of Island Thrive today. Absolute pleasure. And I would welcome the opportunity to come back anytime. Awesome. Thanks as well. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Island Thrive. It's a podcast, but with a porpoise from Smart Dolphins IT Solutions.